ESP Media presents the Legonomist Podcast, the only podcast on planet Earth that focuses only on one thing, and that's the unwritten laws of everything. Join the debate on Instagram and Facebook at the underscore Legonomist, L-E-G-A-N-O-M-I-S-T. Now, here's Brett and Tony with special guest Mo Egar. All right, everybody. Good morning. Um, my name is Brett Renzenbrink. I am the Legonomist, and today we have a very special podcast presentation for um, anybody who's out there right now coming in on football season, coming off another disappointing Reds baseball mm-hmm. season. And uh, what we're going to talk about here is the unwritten laws of everything, hashtag Tulo, as we like to call them. Um, I'm joined here today by, uh, by a man who, who, who knows – who knows no other name but one of the greatest quarterbacks in wow. for, formerly Reading, but now <laughs> West Side sports fame history, Tony Pike. Wow, I appreciate that. Yeah, legend, legend of Lachlan, I believe. Is that where you're from? Lock, Reading. Lachlan? Yeah. There's a split there, and I think somebody the, told me that you kind of straddle the line. The railroad tracks. Okay. You can, it's, it's, like that, uh, it's like when you can be on the bridge and be in Kentucky and Ohio at the same time. We have a line yeah. going through Reading. Well, you can't exactly straddle the Ohio River. But you can yeah. straddle Reading and Lachlan. Yes. And somebody told me that you're kind of on the Lachlan list. I borderline. Okay. I go borderline. So anyway, Tony Pike is with us this morning. And uh, also with us is uh, our esteemed real professional here, Mo Egger. Mm. Mm. Real professional. Wow. True professional. Wow. I wish you would, I wish you would introduce me on 360 like that. Well, perhaps if uh, since 360 was on at 8 a.m. the way this is... <laughs> would do that yeah i told tony so we did a little um a pre-session over at augie's which is where tony gets his mail and bud lights for 75 cents and we uh i said to tony i was like would it be great if we this like this is the show we should do it like at a bar so yes so of course yeah, like we, 24 hours later he says hey we're gonna do the podcast and i said when's it gonna be thinking it was like thursday night 10 o'clock he's like it's gonna be tuesday morning at 8 a.m <laughs> so great <laughs> <laughs> Mo, you've, Mo you've, you've been to Augie's numerous times. Have. You can understand that something like when you talk unwritten laws and you bring up sports mm-hmm. to a, a group of patrons at Augie's. <laughs> I was going to say, how many unsolicited opinions did you get? We had like, I think we had like a three-hour show at Augie's. Dude, we had to stop. We, yeah. had to, we had to cut it down. Wow. We actually, so first of all, at Augie's, there's, there's usually not just breaches of unwritten laws. There's many breaches of actual laws. Augie's itself is a breach of unli- unwritten laws. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's pro- you could probably walk in there, throw a rock, and hit, f- and hit four misdemeanors. There's, yeah. Like yeah. A, there's a monkey running around. There's people who are just like bootlegging. Uh, well, I- including in unwritten laws, Tony once was like, to me and a, a guy named Jim Kelly, he's like, hey, this uh, particular Tuesday, why don't you guys come on out to Augie's? Yep. So we did. And? Tony did. Tony was in Charlotte. <laughs> I forgot. He forgot. Like, I was I was gonna come after a basketball game. The other guy got there way earlier, so he shows up, texts me. He's like, "Yeah, I'm here." I'm like, "Well, I'm waiting for this game to end, then I'll get there." And then I'm on my way there, and he calls. He's like, "Yeah, Tony's not coming." I'm like, "Oh, is he okay?" He's like, "Nice in Charlotte." Yeah. So we hung out. With like Tony's buddies, yeah, and I think Tony's family. No, Tony, <laughs> guaranteed like, Tony's family. Like, yeah, sorry, I forgot. I'm in Charlotte. Guaranteed Tony's family. Oh, and, no and, doubt. And, and the spirit of Tony Pike is always there, yeah. right? It he's, happens. He's at that shuffleboard using that weird kind of uh, Russian curling form mm-hmm. on the shuffleboard table. His spirit is always there. Yeah. Speaking of bars, so we're, today we're going to talk about uh, the unwritten laws. Mm-hmm. We're not just here to to sort of, uh, you know. 
fancy foot around and talk about Tony and Augie's. We're here to talk about those things that we all know are true, mm-hmm. but not but not actually identified as a true law. And, and I think being in the Cincinnati sports market, a lot of those things get magnified. True. Because not many sports markets have to deal with what Cincinnati has to deal with. You mentioned the Bengals. You mentioned the Reds. I mean, it's just it's it's not good all the way around. So a lot of the stuff that we discuss today in this format is is what's brought up in many of those unwritten True. And if, and if you're looking for timely um, information, you've come to the wrong place. You know, the point yeah. here is to bring timeless unwritten type of laws into the ecosphere. But I want to talk about one quick thing before we get into contracts. I want to talk about when you go to law school, one of the first things you learn about is contracts. Okay. And before we get into the fan and today we're going to talk about sports fans. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're talking about the unwritten laws of being a sports fan. That's all we're going to talk because at Augie's, we tried to make it about sports generally. No. We got about an hour and a half into discussion about just, you know, Big Steve talking about, yeah. you know, involuntary fan slaughter. And I said, we got to mm. just talk about fan mm. stuff. Yeah. So, but I want to talk about a true contract. So, do you recognize what's in my hand right now? <laughs> I do. Okay. I do. do you remember where we, where we uh, came into this agreement? Uh, tin roof. Okay. The tin roof. Okay. So, I'm going to, so many people uh, who are listening to this probably have no clue. Actually, many probably do because it's going to be about six people, all of whom know me and Terry, that listen to this. But there is what I have in my hand right now, a contract written on a tin roof napkin. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. But in this, we talk about the things that I have to do, the requirements of Brett Renz and breaking the requirements of Tony Pike. In there, we talk about other requirements. Tony Pike, and I'm reading, this is a quote. This is from two years ago at Tin Roof, and this is a tattered-ass napkin. Anthony Pike, not so it's Anthony, Mm -hmm. first of all. Anthony Pike shall be entitled to, one, at least one Skyline commercial. Yes. Two, the next Bruno Mars concert tickets. Yes. Three, uh, at least four mustard-colored Joseph A. Banks suits and four, a bucket of beer. So I would say on my performance end, A, you get to talk about Skyline every day. Yes. Albeit not for personal gain, not for personal financial gain, but you do do commercials every day for Skyline. Yeah, I I do many. Number two, I think I bought you the bucket of beer that night. Yep. Number three, um, we've not been to Bruno Mars, but he hasn't been back, so not Mm -hmm. really my fault. Number four, your mustard suit game is on just absolutely Thank flames. Thank you. I've seen you on that that weekly show. Was it show? Dude's Night at Tin Roof? Like, yeah. when I've gone there, I've got other things yeah. to do besides talk about Joseph A. Bang suits and write contracts on yeah. napkins. That's where we There's were. more to look at no. at Tin Roof. I think at that point when that was written, I think the, the Reds had just come off like another 90-plus loss season. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals were already done. All right, so it was your typical and, year. It was a typical year yeah. in Cincinnati, and then that was brought up. Wow. Yeah, so, okay. speak, so just, speaking of being know. a – being a fan, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about um, the the relationship, the contract, if you will, between a team and a fan. Mm-hmm. Okay, we live in Cincinnati. You said things are magnified, but let's just talk about you, formerly as an NFL quarterback, formerly as somebody. I mean, you've just had fifty thousand bobbleheads of your beautiful face and mustache that I were plastered all over Cincinnati. I don't know if it was a beautiful face. Yeah. Well, a face. You had a face that was yes. that was plastered. Yeah, the bobblehead had a face on it. And it had a mustache, at least one. Yep. I think there are two mustaches on that it's thing. It's a longer one. We need to do a recount on mustaches. <laughs> the relationship between fan and team. Everybody knows team performs, fan supports. Mm-hmm. Correct? Basic proposition, correct? There? For most cities, yeah. Okay. So I want to start I want to start with the fans. When you were a, uh when you were a UC or Carolina quarterback, when you were in the league, what did you expect out of the fans? What's the contract? What are the unwritten laws or the unwritten performance requirements of fans? See, it's, it's different at both levels. College football, you expect more out of the fans because they're students, they're coming to the games, and there's more of a home field advantage um, in the college game. NFL, 
it's a little bit different. Like I like I get like if you play in New Orleans or you play in Seattle where the Bengals are going to be in in the end of this week, but in the NFL, like you're getting paid to play. So I didn't worry as much about the fans in the NFL. I worried more about the fans in college because as you saw this week, it was like, okay, cool. You know, the the biggest student section ever be at a UC football game. Creates a home field environment. Fans are important. In the NFL, I'm going to get a paycheck anyway. Whoever comes, comes. Like, I'm not looking at the fans. I appreciate their support. And what separated me as a backup quarterback, I was very friendly with the fans. Because when I would come off the when I would come onto the sideline, I would I'd be on the sideline and the fans would be fifteen feet back screaming at Jimmy Clausen. And I would just kind of look at the fan and give him like the thumbs up, like I hear you. Great performance. Like I hear you, buddy. Great fan performance. Jimmy's been terrible. And I wouldn't be if I was in there. It's the same thing I would do when Steve Smith would come off the field. I'd say Steve would be mad and I'd say, Steve, I saw you. I would have thrown you the ball. Yeah. I would have got it to you. I don't know what Jimmy's looking at. And then I go tell Jimmy, hey, keep it up. But as a backup, my relationship with the fans was great because they didn't expect me to do anything, and they all thought that if I was given the chance, I would do better. Great. Yeah. So they love me. It's like the relationship I have with my wife, you know, where yes. it's like I don't, you don't expect anything out of me, and which is great, you know. Mm-hmm. So like I don't, if I don't clean, if I don't, you know, if I go come home drunk or something like that, she doesn't. I'm not the starter. I'm right. Not, she, so like whatever. I mean, she's she still has to be a fan of me. Yeah. The only difference is I don't, you know, I, I I'm her only quarterback so that's kind of her fault not mine but all right so mo on the other side you can be cut though uh, mo on the other, i can be cut it'd be a little more expensive to cut me than a quarterback um so mo interested on the other side so the detriments of being a fan so in contract law there you have to incur detriments okay yeah. for there to be a binding agreement between you and the Bengals, let's say right so i in my mind i'm thinking sleep deprivation, you know, there's performance requires within the game itself, things you have to do as a fan, mm-hmm. drinking heavily, yeah. right, obvious, obvious. Yeah. What are the things that you think are the true requirements of a fan, you know, who's rooting? If you want to, if you want the team to support, you need to do X, Y, or Z as a fan. I mean, as a fan, do I think you have requirements? Stay off the field. I mean, that's for me, that's pretty much it. Stay, stay, stay off the field. <laughs> Other than that, I, I don't, you know, I used to buy the whole notion of unwavering loyalty, unconditional support. No relationship is like that. Why should a fan sports team relationship be that way? You mm-hmm. know, I don't believe in, I don't really don't believe in blind loyalty. I, I don't, you know, I'll, I'll hear all the time from, you know, from folks who call the radio show and talk about, well, I'm mean, real fans do this. And then, you know, I, I've been a Bengals fan since 1992. I was there in the 90s. I went to all those games and it's like. Yeah, well, not everybody's going to be that way, you know. I mean, I, I, I believe bandwagon fans are the lifeblood of sports because these teams need someone to compete for. Yeah. Um, if everybody was a hardcore fan, there would be no incentive for these teams to win. If everybody was there loyally, ride or die, I'm watching or going to every single game, I'm buying all the merch. There would be no incentive for these teams to win. Yeah. So I think the responsibility is almost entirely on behalf of the sports team. Which to to most point led to a coaching change in Cincinnati this year. Sure. I mean, it was it was the Mike Brown who came out numerous times and talked about the outcry of fans. Like, hey, we notice no one's coming to the games. Right. We notice that we have a what NFL low in attendance other than a soccer stadium, which mm-hmm. the Chargers were playing in. We've heard the fans. So the fans kind of created enough of an uproar like you said, that the organization had to make a change at yes. this point. Yeah, yes. no, I think I think uh, the, the fan voice is heard more than people realize. The Cincinnati Reds did that this offseason. Their yeah. attendance was a 34-year low, and they said, well, you know what, maybe it makes sense to go get some better players. Now, it hasn't worked out to the extent that we would like, but 
Yeah, I, I, I don't believe that uh, fans have that much of a, of a responsibility to, to teams. Mm-hmm. Stay off the field. And yeah. if you're at a game, don't be a jerk. But, I mean, other than that, I, I think the responsibility lies with the, the, the franchise or the, you know, the team. So you so never it? rush the field? I rushed the field after the 1999 UC Wisconsin game. Okay. Ron Dane fumbled in the end zone or going into the end zone. We upset them. It was a bad year for the Bearcats. I think they won three games all mm-hmm. season. Wisconsin was number nine in the country. Ran onto the field. Wisconsin guy comes up to me and says, <laughs> remember when you guys graduated a basketball player? Because that was during the whole, like, you." and I said to him, oh, oh, you want to talk basketball, huh? Now, right. UC was going to be the number one team in the country. So mm-hmm. I'm like, in this guy's face, Wisconsin went to the Final Four that year. Huh. Yeah. So it's an exception to the rule, right? So what's yeah. interesting is I'm hearing NFL player who could care less about fan you know, rooting if he's actually playing because mm-hmm. he's just trying to cash a check, right? He's got a yep. paycheck coming, so he doesn't really care. And then I'm hearing uh, Mo on the other side representing the, the fan nation saying that's almost the exact opposite because not only does it matter, not mm. on a team level. So I think it's, a, it's the dichotomy between fan-to-team contract or fan-to-player contract versus team-to-fan contract. And I want to talk about um, you brought up the idea of kind of whether or not a fan supports a team has a serious impact on the team's what they actually do. You know, they actually are listening. If you, don't, if you stop rooting, mm-hmm. then they're going to make some changes. We, t- we saw that in Cincinnati this year. Um, I, for one, I'm like dumb, cliche sports fan, right? Yeah, I'm like you total, are. total... Ohio State fan. 100%, right? So Which I'm, is funny because Mo brought up that, that game where UC had beat a top 10 ranked Big Ten team. Yes. It's a yeah. great week for that. And, and I'm not... So we won't I even... I think the following week got blasted by <laughs> Ohio State. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interest, interesting uh, memory there. So the... Um, yeah, and I'm not even fair. Like to say, fair weather fans not even accurate. You know, fair, right. like fair weather to me is like you know light uh, overcast with you know a couple of pockets here and there. That's like fair weather. I'm mm-hmm. like super not like 75 degrees. Got to go outside and get like go bike riding. And I never yeah. ride a bike type weather fan. So um, as a Cincinnati sports fan though, there's a different type of contract that you have with your team. And we call we 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 talk generally about fan institutions, mm-hmm. but I want to talk a little bit about the institution. Okay, so people who listen like to that. this. They're, they're, they're Cincinnati sports fans, typically. Okay, I would, I'm going to venture a guess. I think about the life, liberty, and pursuit of championships, the pursuit of playoff games. Oh. We're getting deep here. We're getting mm. very deep into, into the pun land. That happens in Cincinnati. So talk to me about Cincinnati. We, there was one of the legonomics that we had put on um, Instagram, got a very big response, and it was called Hude Illusion. Okay, we just got out of preseason. We're coming into the first game, and I'm going to read for you the definition of Hude Illusion. Baseless and unfortunate optimism. Marked by belief in change over consistency, often occurring for four to six weeks between the first preseason game and second quarter of the of the opener. <laughs> Consequence, despair, recurrence, annual. Tony Pike thoughts. <laughs> Pretty accurate. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's the it is the like you said, it's the cycle of and and now covering the team through preseason, I do the same thing. It's like okay, I have <laughs> preseason game one. How am I gonna what what are the positives we're gonna talk about? What are the – okay, well, look at these skill guys we got this year. Last year, the Hude illusion was Auden Tate of training camp. Mm-hmm. Auden Tate's going to be a – he's going to catch 10 touchdowns this year. He's going to be great. <laughs> the the Hude illusion of, well, the offensive line's going to be better because our D-line's just so good right. that they're crushing them at camp. And right. the D-line's going to have a big year. And the D-line was non-existent at the first part of last year. Uh, so it is. It, it's, all Hude illusion. It is. It, it is all Hude illusion. It is a real thing. That people see, and then you think of, and and 
unfortunately, being a Cincinnati sports fan, it's something we feel all too often. I it's think rampant. you can you you can sort of set your your watch by the way the offseason always plays out because you know the first couple of months, January, February, March, the Bengals have obviously just either lost in the playoffs mm-hmm. or not made the playoffs, and we spend three months crushing them, and then that gets tired. <laughs> and then the draft comes around, and what do we always we talk oh, ourselves into optimistic. it? We yep. talk. It does not matter who they take. There'll be one person who said one good thing about the guy they took in the first round, and I'll get phone calls. Oh, did did you see Albert Breer? You know, <laughs> he, he really likes this guy. And then the narrative will shift a little bit, yep. and over the next four months, we'll start to talk ourselves into it a little bit more. That by the time, and I, I used to, my former producer James Rapine, he used to be so guilty of this because every July he'd be, you know what, eleven win team. Yep. James, I don't know. And then the season starts, and then what happens is you remember, oh, yeah, that team's pretty good. And that team is a better quarterback. And that team is a better coach. And this organization has better structure. And then you get to, like, the middle of September, and it's it's like we're back where we were. We've done a 180 or 360, I guess, from where we were back in January. I think my hood illusion starts because being around the team and being here so much, you talk yourself into players being better than what they are. Like I, I talk myself into, you know, a a coach or a a quarterback. Like, oh, because I see him every day. Mm-hmm. I see the the great stuff he does. But that goes around on what thirty one other teams in the right. NFL that you don't talk about every day. And then game day gets there, and you're like, holy crap! Like, they have this guy. Yes. Oh, the Seahawks just got Jadavion Clowney. Right. And who are we blocking him with? Right. Or Cordy Glenn hasn't practiced yet. Right. Oh, okay, great. So like the. The illusion that that sticks up until week one gets here, and then after about two or three weeks, it, it is. It's like second that cycle quarter, first, again. Second quarter, first opener, game yes. over, game yep. over. And actually, in college, it's worse. I mean, I we'll, we'll I don't want to go too deep into college, but think about Florida State. You know, they had yeah. a lot of optimism coming. I know a guy's a huge FSU seminalism. Fan. Was seminal? Mm, wow, <laughs> a seminal disappointment. Yeah, um, yeah. So he, you know, you walk in college, you're over in one week. Yeah. Bengals, at least, you can kind of sit back and say, all right, well, maybe I was a little bit deluded, but maybe we can get it together. You get AJ Green back. You know, we can eke together eight or nine wins. College, it's like game one. You're like if if, if real talk. If yeah. if UC loses next week at Ohio State, their shot of doing anything right. big in college is is effectively nah, see, over. I, I view it the other way. That's not a league game. They can go twelve and zero, and they're not playing for the national title. Like the the goal at UC is to to not go undefeated and win a national championship. But right. if Ohio State were to lose, they can't win a national. championship. No doubt about it. But from a UC perspective, that game is total house money. They yeah. can lose forty nine nothing, and the overriding goal for the season is still there. Yeah, right. but they will have a lifetime of shame coming back to Cincinnati with all these annoying Ohio State fans like me, right? Yes. I mean, it's a bigger game than that. I don't I don't believe that at all. No? A lifetime of shame for what? Losing to Ohio State? They lost to him in 99-02-04-06-14. And Ohio State should have lost to us in 09. Music to my ears. So, yeah. So Kyle like, Kester. I mean, the, the, the two programs are not on the same level. And the, 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 the year that they were on the same level, the game was canceled. Can we just isolate right. what Mo just said there and just end <laughs> they're, the podcast? They're not. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm as big a Bearcat fan as you'll find. The two programs are not on the same plane. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're just not. And, and frankly, there's programs in the Big Ten that are not on the same plane as Ohio State. The UC could get drilled 63 to nothing, which I don't think will happen. And there's no shame whatsoever. But so Shame is there. But there Ohio will, State's supposed to be better. But there will be a time Friday night for you in Columbus – 
that you talk yourself into, oh, UC can win this game. Because yeah, so, I saw it in Michigan. I oh, saw it, it at the happens. Big House. It, it will happen. It happened yeah. in New Orleans. I mean, it will happen. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen in Columbus. But I, I, there will be a time on Friday night between like 9.30 and 11 o'clock yeah. where I will have convinced everybody around me yep. that the Bearcats will shock you the world. You convinced me gonna, two years ago at Michigan. Like, <laughs> we can beat take, this team. He's going to take a 24-hour bearcation, bear right? So yeah. instead of a vacation, you take a nice, yes. yep. peaceful bearcation. I'll talk myself 17, into it. 17 points, no big deal. Yep. Absolutely. So we'll talk, let's talk real quick before we go into uh, – I don't want to get off the Bengals. I want to say one more thing about the Bengals, okay? And I want to get your take on this, Tony. So another one of the Leganomics that got good response was indultery, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, football quarterback, pretty big deal. Like, yes. I don't care what anybody says. The whole world is myopically focused on the guy who holds the ball the most, mm-hmm. the majority of the time. And Daltrey, and I quote: "Emotional investment by fans in a quarterback who is not Andy Dalton often resulting in often resulting in carnal desire for death chart reconsideration." <laughs> so you, as somebody who now is a on the other side, yeah. but also has been, you know. Uh, on the depth chart, I think barely you were kind of holding on, yeah. like the cat on the uh, hang in there poster. Yep. You were on <laughs> the depth chart like that cat. Yep. So, where, what what strikes you when you hear that adultery? Is it is it a law? Do you uh, have to support your starting quarterback? Guilty. I, I would say I was guilty of that because there was a time where I talked myself into AJ McCarron being the starting quarterback at Why? Cincinnati. Why'd you do that? Because for, we've. Are you allowed to do that, Mo? But, but, I think that's the bigger question. But to question. me, I've seen for years what Andy Dalton is. Yeah. I've seen that, okay, he's a, he's a great quarterback, but is Andy Dalton going to win a Super Bowl and put the team on his back? I don't think so. Yeah. But Mo, so it's for kinda... that case, A.J. McCarron, don't let me get on the Jake Dolagala train Oh, now. no, I'm on that train. <laughs> Jake Dolagala. Get on the bandwagon now. The get on the bandwagon now. We are going to talk a lot about Jake Dolagala <laughs> on the show this year. Yep. So, so, Mo, just generally, though, the quarterback, I kind of look at it like, He's your he's your elected official, mm-hmm. right? He's yeah. kind of like your your president, and whether or not you support Dalton in terms of his own play on the field, much like a president. No, we don't, we're not getting into politics, but a, right. a politician's policies. Oh. Maybe you don't agree with their policies, but they're still your guy, right? You Dalton need them still, to succeed. You gotta support. If Dalton fails, we fail. Mm-hmm. Yes or no? I mean, is it is it our obligation as a fan to support our starting quarterback, no matter who they are? Well. Uh, what does that mean? Does that mean you don't have an opinion about their play? Does that mean you don't have an opinion about the future? It means of the you position? don't boom at an All Star game. It's an institution fan, a Bill of Rights. You're allowed to voice your opinion. Freedom mm-hmm. of speech. I mean, I do a talk show, so we thrive on opinions. So yeah, I, I need folks to have opinions on Andy Dalton. To me, you you can do the same. You you can root for him. Look, I I hope to hell he has a great year this year. If he has a great year this year, the Bengals are a better team. But I, I certainly believe that the the biggest question looming over this franchise is, do you want to pay him, you know, thirty to thirty five million dollars? And if the answer to that question for you is no, that makes all the sense in the world. But that doesn't mean you're not rooting for him. And I thought it was, I thought it. I, there's two things about this. Number one, I think it was silly when they they booed him during the All Star game. That was ridiculous. Num- number two, um, it's funny for me how finicky we are in this town about great quarterback play. Mm-hmm. When we've rarely enjoyed it, you know, no, I was thinking you about that. Go back to 2009 <laughs> at the college level. Exactly, I was thinking about it with the Indianapolis Colts got 20 <laughs> years, 20 years of transcendent quarterback play. Yeah, in the city of Cincinnati, in the history of this franchise, Kenny Anderson came closest to giving us that mm-hmm. over an extended amount of time. Boomer gave it to us basically for two seasons, yeah. 86 and 88, and and that was really it. And even in 88. He wasn't the best quarterback in the league. He wasn't. You, you could argue there were five better, and he won the MVP that year. Right. Uh, Carson Palmer obviously had a couple of very good seasons, but we act with Andy Dalton like we're this 
you know, this place where if you're the Bengals quarterback, you're supposed to be at this level that, quite frankly, has rarely existed in franchise history. So uh, I'm always amused by the people who talk about him so flippantly. Well, he's not great. Well, yeah, great's really hard to get. This franchise has been around for more than 50 years. How many years have they had greatness at that position, and yet we feel like we're almost entitled to it? Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I, I think there's some basic level of support that I think you owe a quarterback just because if you're rooting against him, then you're rooting against your team. But if you have opinions about him that say, look, I, I want someone else to play, I want someone else to, to be the guy, I don't want them to sign him to a contract, that's just having an opinion. And yeah. I, yeah. I certainly would have – it'd be hypocritical of me to be, be opposed to that. As long as you don't jump on the field and hit him with a crowbar, right? Just stay off the field. That's right. Stay off the field. So I think it actually brings up an interesting kind of fan defense, right? So um, as somebody who's been – I'm 33 years old, right? I'm turning 34 this month. And I've never – experienced in my conscious fanaticism in my mm-hmm. entire life i've never experienced any of my professional sports team advance in the playoffs right not even not pursuit of not life liberty pursuit of championships i'm talking about life liberty pursuit of a, an advancement in the yeah. playoffs yeah so for me i've never i don't even know what it's like i don't mm-hmm. know what i'm supposed to do as a fan because i've never experienced a year where i said i did this or we did this and it worked it's never worked i've never seen it work right so how do i even evaluate what what I'm supposed to do as a fan to support them and what they're supposed to do on the field. I don't even know. It's guesswork to a certain extent. I have no clue. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 hard not knowing what the payoff is. You know, I'm I'm old enough to remember the Reds in the World Series in ninety. I'm old enough to remember the Bengals in the Super Bowl in in uh in eighty eight. But you articulated my biggest frustration, uh because we're stuck on winning a playoff game. Yep. We don't talk about winning championships. We don't talk about winning titles or having parades. We talk about winning one playoff game. But I think it also goes to show uh, you can be canonized here if you accomplish that. If Zach Taylor wins a playoff game, right? build the statue. Build the statue. Build the sta- one playoff game. One McCarran. stupid AFC wild card game. Build the statue. Yep. Yeah. Build the statue. Yeah. Yep. So before we get off uh, kind of the, the general um, kind of fan performance obligations, can we talk about one thing I saw last night? So, I, again, we don't like to talk about too topical of stuff here, but I will say last night I'm watching the, uh, the Louisville-Notre Dame game. We're going into the fourth quarter. Okay, Louisville's down 28-14. to 14, mm-hmm. And they show the Louisville sidelines. And everybody in the stands yeah. and on the sidelines put a four up. Okay, they're all going four. Me as a fan, maybe I'm crazy, okay? But when I put up a four, that to me is is signaling to the other side, hey, we're ahead so far that all we got to do is get through this fourth quarter, and this is a foregone conclusion. It's almost like four is like foregone, right? Mm-hmm. When you're down by two or three scores and you throw up a four, what are you what what is what are you communicating? Why is this something that's that a, can we just get rid of this? That's such a coach. There's there's the, like that's like the you guys whole. Are they communicating? Yeah, I never did. I want throwing the you four. You never up. threw a four up? No. No. That's like the hold the rope, row the boat. I hate that crap. There's so much I of that, that stuff crap. now. It's 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 a, what gimmick can we come up with but the to get like, the to get the team to come back? No, it it it's meant to say it's it's supposed to be that reminder of finish strong and this is what we've trained in the off season for. And to me, it's like no, I'm not putting my hand up. Yeah, continue to lose by two scores. Not and once would you ever th- see me put a four. I up. think Butch's first year, they were getting slaughtered by South Florida. And I look down on the sideline, and they're down, you know, whatever it is, 30, 20, 30 points. And I look down on the sideline, and they're all holding four fingers up. 
Yeah. Okay. Continue to finish strong the way we've played the first three quarters. I held up one finger. One more quarter of this crap. Let's get out of here. Let's go. One more. <laughs> That's right. Four, four is like let's just like foregone conclusion. Yes. Get the hell out but of there's here. There's teams please. that'll do that, and it's like it's like forty nine to, to seven, and they'll still hold up to four yeah. on both sides on the winning side. And it's too. like what? What what are we doing? I hate that stuff. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Which leads into, in in a similar way, where we're at with the. The fandom and the statute of limitations. Yeah. Well, okay, so let, let's get back to a, a point that, that – uh, and we're now we're going to get more into the nitty-gritty of some of these ligonomics, okay? And I'm curious because Tony and I have talked through some of these, but Mo brought up an interesting point about kind of the distance of time that he's come with these teams, the, the emotional relationship over time, and kind of his frustration with people – only hanging their hats on performance being winning a playoff game. Okay, there's a lot of teams out there who are similar, by the way. We're not we're not the only team in the world who just wants their team to get over the hump. I mean, right. I could probably name 50 right now right. On, on all the levels and all the sports. That's probably the majority of teams, right? There's only so many, like, Bostons out there in yeah. the world. Yeah. So let's talk about statute of limitations. Okay, when you, know, when you have this agreement between fan and team, at what point am I allowed out? Okay, at what point... Do I have the ability, well, either an occurrence of an event or, or a period of time that allows me to say, you know what, I'm out. Because I've seen guys, and I bet you guys know these guys, you'll, you'll like see somebody on Monday, hey, what would you do this weekend? Did you watch the Bengals game? Oh, I, I sold my tickets. I went golfing yesterday. Yeah. I don't even watch the team anymore. I'm done. They act like they've been on, in Bermuda for two years. Like, oh, my God, my life's been incredible. I'm, I've, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. my, my relationship with my wife is great. And, you know, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm as healthy as ever, and I don't even care about the Bengals anymore. As a fan, are we allowed to, to, to retire out? Yes. How long and why? Whatever what? you want. No it's matter like what. anything, whenever, whenever you reach a point in any relationship where what I'm putting into this is, what I'm getting out of this is not what I'm putting into this, leave. If I mean, I, I don't care if it's work, sports, whatever it is, if, if, if you're not getting out of it what you're putting into it, and there's a lot of Bengals fans who feel that way, who have for years – revolved their entire you know weeks in the fall around watching the Bengals on Sunday and what they're getting out of that is is not what they're putting into it to me it's 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 formulaic I day mean, one so you can choose just to walk so I say I'm and then, a Bengals and then fan you today, let them then back I... in whenever they want to be back in yeah not yeah. if you're my friend yeah well, well what do you, what, so what do you out. have to say about that as a guy who you're is out of the circle <laughs> Well, explain that. I, I think there's a lot of people out there I who would say, say hell yeah you're right I would say it at, we're all in this together yeah, I would say a decade. Ten I would, years. I would give it ten years. You So you've got to be like a hardcore fan for a decade before you're allowed to go, you know what, this isn't fun. No, I mean, if, if, if I came in tomorrow like, hey, I'm a Browns fan now. Well, that's different. No, I'm just saying, uh, that's like me saying, you know what? Why? I'm done with the Bengals, I'm going to go root for the Browns. Like, so, what if I did so that? I, there's two different types. What if I, I did I've, that? I've heard, I, nah, I've heard the guy that was just described, which is, you know what? I just I spend my Sundays with my kids or playing golf or mm-hmm. doing something else. I get that. What if I take my fandom somewhere else? Now, I've, heard, I've also gotten the phone call that says, you know what? I decided to become a Colts fan. Yep. And, and to me, the, the, the insulting part is not the left-behind Bengals fans, mm-hmm. if I'm the Colts fan who now this guy's joining the party, it's like, uh-uh, man. Yeah. See, that that to me, that here I believe this, because you're going to get this in Cleveland now, where you had fans who hung in there 0-16, and they were there. And now they're going to be really good this year, at least everybody thinks. And you're going to have, you know, old boy jumps on board. And eh, to me, if I'm the guy who was there at 0-16, you're welcome to the party, 
but you didn't go through the suffering that I went through. And yeah. so this is going to mean more to me than it is to you. So you're a second class fan? I don't have, yeah, to a degree, yes. Who wants that? To, to a degree, uh, you know, again, whatever makes you happy. But if, if, if you're, you know, I felt this way when the Bengals got good in 2005. There have been people who had hung out through the 90s and stayed with them, and there were people who said, F this. Neither side is wrong. But the guy who hung in there for all those years, who finally got his payoff, you can't tell me that didn't mean more to him than the fan that jumped back right. on board in 2005. See, I think there needs to be an unwritten law that if you do take your fandom somewhere else, it can't be a playoff team from the year before. Mm. So you're saying... Like, you got to start from the... Like, you, you can't just go... Like, I just can't go now and be like, well... I'll, I'm done with the Bengals, but I'm a Saints Here's fan. Here's the thing, though. I'm done with the Bengals, I, I but I'm like, a Patriots fan. I feel fan. like, though, it used to be, I, I don't want to root for this team anymore, but I want to love the NFL, and so I'm going to find another team. You don't have to do that now. Mm-hmm. You can play fantasy football. You can well, gamble. A- you can play DFS. I mean, there's there's lots. I, I, You and I, we all probably know people who have said, I don't have a vested interest in a team anymore. I have a vested interest in the nine bets that I made on Sunday. Yep. So, well, actually, let me let me just take it there. Okay. So we're going to get a little bit ahead of ourselves. And there's actually before we get to sports betting, and you know, obviously, if when you're a degenerate uh, sports gambler like I am, you got to talk a little bit of sports wagering. Um, before we talk about fantasy and yeah. sports gambling, which I promise you we will, I do want to hit on one question, and this is about the minimum viable connection to a team necessary. Okay. So this was this is at Augie's. This is one that Big Steve and the whole you know Meso and all of his boys up there were going mm-hmm. crazy about. So what is the minimum viable connection? What's your MVC that you need to a team in order to call yourself a fan? You said, well, if you, if you say today I'm going to be a Browns fan, right? Well, what if it's not, a, not even AFC? Let's just say it's, you know, maybe today I'm going to be a, a 49ers fan, right? Mm-hmm. And just today, just say, hey, I'm a 49ers fan. Yeah. Are you a fan? You know, what does it actually mean to be a fan? You know, are, what do you, what are, can, are you genuinely moved emotionally when they win or lose? In your heart, is yeah. it okay? When, when because you, my Sundays will get ruined sometimes when the Bengals lose yes, or play bad. Yes, my but, my Saturdays can be ruined when the UC loses. So in other words, I've, you can't choose. Your your body tells you when yeah. you're a fan. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I've I've been there. I mean, I've been there where I'm like, why do I care so much about this stupid team? But I can't quit it. I mean, I you know, and the Bengals are at the top of that list for me. Trust me, there, there are times where I've been like. I just I can't allow myself to get so wrapped up in the the mm-hmm. failures of this team or the successes of this team, and yet I do. Well, yeah. there's, there's many Sundays where I say that, and then the next Sunday I do the same thing. Right? Like, there's been I can't tell you the last couple of years how many times I'm like I'm done. Yes. I'm not watching them, and the next Sunday I'm watching them again. Right. Well, I'm also interested in what are you a fan of? So if you think about like I think about the Browns losing their team to Baltimore, right? And if let's just hypothetically, if the Bengals somehow were to lose, Cincinnati were to lose the Bengals, right? And then we were we were to go to some other, you know, whatever, pick Topeka, Kansas, something mm-hmm. like that. Well, am I gonna? What's is my connection to the Bengals still vested with those people? Or if you bring back the Bengals, am I just sort of a fan of the city? Am I just sort of connected no, I to? The, I think it's the team and the feeling. If the Bengals moved, we're done. Oh, really? Yeah. Divorce. Yes. 100%. Wow. 1,000%. Custody dispute. And you would do what? Root for the Browns? I'd, I'd root for my wagers on Sunday. Okay. I'd Amen. root for UC players in the NFL. We'll go into the wager then. Well, see, the, the thing is, that that is the league, like, that is, to me, for me, that's the one league, like, I can't imagine being a baseball fan and not having a team. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine being a college basketball fan and not having a team. I could be an NFL fan 
and not have a team. Now, I don't want that to happen, but if the Bengals move to Mexico City, yeah. and what is it, 2019? We're about four years away from having those conversations. <laughs> right. Uh, did you just have to check your watch to see what year it was? I did, yeah. Okay. If the Bengals move to Mexico City, I'm, I'm, not only am I done with them, I have a hard time imagining that I'll latch on to another NFL team. Now, there might be a player I like you know that uh, emerges that I whose career I follow, but the the emotional attachment will not be there. I'll root for myself. I still love the sport. Mm-hmm. I love fantasy football. I love I love gambling. So I'll still do that. But no, if the Bengals leave, my connection to them is based on the fact that they play here. Okay, so let's get into. We've talked a lot about uh, kind of the normal connection. Let's talk about the derelict connection. So fantasy football obviously drafts are happening right now. If you're like me, you had a great four days of betting this past weekend, most mm-hmm. of which hopefully is is better than, than worse. <laughs> I want to bring up to Mo one of the legonomics in here, fandalism. Okay, This yep. is pretty straightforward. Well, I already tell Mo's guilty Fandalism, okay, as, a, as an unwritten <laughs> law. Prohibit it. An act involving support of fantasy over actual team. Subsection A, aggravated fandalism, where fandal additionally happy hedges – Against said actual team. Yeah. Thoughts? I don't do that. I don't. I, I've never bet against a team I root for. I can't do it. What about fantasy? Do you start players against your squad? Yes, but I don't care that much. About like, which? I, the fantasy. Like I don't care that much. I mean, I, I remember going to a Bengals a Bengals Ravens game when Jamal Lewis ran for. It might have been the NFL record uh, or rookie record that he broke, uh, Corey Dillon's record for amount of yardage. And the guy that I was standing next to says to me, "Well, you know, I've got him on my fantasy football team, and I almost threw him off the upper deck." Correct. I mean, I, so I don't care that much. Um, but I've started players against the Bengals. What about so like this weekend? I think is a prime example. I'm taking a bus up to Columbus. Okay, mm-hmm. there's going to be UC and Ohio State fans there. Right. I'm a Cincinnati guy. I'm, I'm actually, and interestingly, we, we can talk about this in a second, but I'm a, if UC is not playing Ohio State, I am a UC guy, that's guy, fine. right? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's an interesting topic too, but I want to stay on happy hedges, mm-hmm. okay? Ohio State right now laying 16 and a half-ish, depending upon where you're looking. Yeah. I will hear guaranteed, without any hesitation, I can say this, I'll, I guarantee I see at least two or three people this weekend on the bus up there. Hey, who'd you take? Ohio State fans. They'll right. say, took the Bearcats. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can't lose. I can't lose because yeah. either Ohio State wins and they cover or I can win the bet, which on, in a money line scenario makes a lot more sense conceptually. Let's yeah. pretend like for the sake of argument, it's a pick game, right? Yeah. So that's a much easier thing to say because Ohio <laughs> State could lose that. They could win that game by 10 and then you lose, right. lose. But let's say it's a pick Let's say Ohio State Bearcats and some alternative universe is actually a pick right? Which mm-hmm. would never happen in any planet in the solar system. Mm. You bet on the Bearcats because you want to do a, quote, happy hedge. Legal or illegal in the land of Moager? Uh, illegal because I, 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 I'm, I, that just complicates things for me. I, I love to gamble and I love the Bearcats. I am not betting against the, my team. Like, I, I don't care that much. About winning no. my bet, so I'm just I'm I, I I'm not going to touch the game on Saturday because I don't feel great about it to be honest with you. But no, I I've, I don't bet against teams that I root for. Tony, is there an amount of money? Okay, if I were to tell you, hmm. if I were to bet you, and I would say, if Ohio State covers this game, you win X amount of dollars. Okay, 
You get your own can, network broadcast. I can you be get, bought. How much cash would you have to have? What's a meaningful, like, you know, Michael Jordan used to say, what, how much do you want to bet? Well, what's an amount that you don't want to lose, right? What's the, what's the yeah. amount of money that makes you uncomfortable? What's the amount of money that I could buy you out of rooting for the Bearcats this weekend? None. Oh, I can't say none. Yeah, come on. You know, in DC, to cover the number or win the game? To, co- to cover. To cover the number. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, I just... I don't that means you right, well, play competitive so money, and lose by five. Yeah. All right, so money line. That's, that's more. That's worse. Yeah. Like if they go there and almost win, that'll yeah. be worse than getting blown out. I don't want that. Can you be bought? Is there? Yes. About, okay. Hell yeah. Five hundred thousand bucks. I can be bought. Yeah, we offer price. Yeah. Correct. You're five hundred. Five hundred k. Five hundred k, and I'll root for Ohio that's State. That's a big number, my yeah. friend. If I were to drop twenty five k on you, you would say. No. Bearcats Not all day. That's my Bearcats. Well, what do you think about the happy hedge? As somebody, let's say you're uh, playing for UC and one of your boys says, hey, I bet against UC because if, you guys, if you guys win, I, would. I win. Punch all right, so I've done the reverse. Okay. I've, bet the on, reverse happy hedge. I've bet on teams I hate because yeah. uh, you and I have talked about this. Yeah. I've bet on teams I do not like because if they win, I'm at least going to win something. Correct. But I'm still, I still end up rooting against them. Like I've I've done that. I've I've bet on teams I can't stand thinking, okay, if I've got to be miserable, at least give me at least fatten my wallet just a little bit. So I would argue that's true fanaticism. What we talked about, it's it's a compulsion. I don't know about that. It's de- degenerateism, but it's yeah. a dereliction, absolutely. <laughs> Whatever right. you want to call it, but it's it's an involuntary response. Your money's telling you root for this team I'm and your good brain with that. is saying no. I'm good with that because I feel good both ways, but if if someone's happy hedging against my I'm not happy. Yeah. And I'm not happy with the whole the fandalism either. If I'm sitting down at Augie's on a Sunday, and so say this week, and the guy I'm playing is a Bengals fan, but he's starting Russell Wilson, and Wilson throws a TD, and I see him over there Cheering. fist pumping and yeah. stuff, then I have a problem What's with the that. remedy? Keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. Is yeah. there a remedy? The thing uh, is, nobody cares about your fantasy football team. But they Nobody. Do. Besides you. Besides you, yeah. yeah. But, but again, Clearly, if, you don't either. You drafted John Ross. I didn't draft John Ross. Yeah. Uh, did I? Yeah, you have John oh, Ross. Oh, in the work league? Yeah. Taryn drafted for me. It's my mom's birthday. I couldn't I couldn't do it. So yeah. I, have, I have no idea. We play week one and you drafted yeah, John Ross. Yeah, but the Ross. who they looted, the who they looted, John Ross is still yeah. untapped. The, the, the $10 an entry league? Yeah, you trust have, me. I you didn't have spend Antonio a lot of time. Brown and John Ross. <laughs> do I? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm in the, the one league I care about. That that draft is is this evening. That, that I care about. This, this The $10 an entry one? Yeah. No, I, I don't care at all. So I've become non-fantasy guy and uh i'm i'm cliche dude who's like hey 50 bucks for a season-long uh bet for me does very little when you bet you know comparable to that amount per game right. you know, or something like that whatever my wife hopefully my wife my wife will listen to this so sorry about that babe um so <laughs> but i so kidding. in I terms kidding. of the yeah obviously kidding it's for content the fantasy world is one that I've become less acquainted with. Tony, I know you still play fantasy. Obviously, Mo, you do. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, just generally. Okay, a lot of fantasy players out there. They might have the draft tonight, right? Yep. You've seen all, literally, you've seen all the all the preseason games, day of draft or during season. What are those unwritten laws of being a fantasy team owner that people should know about out there? What are the things that you're going to call breach on? What about negligent team attrition? If I, that's one I remember for sure, where yeah. you fall off and it, and it tanks the rest of the league. Legal or I've illegal? Been, I've been guilty of that. <laughs> illegal, yeah. right? Week, week nine, and I'm yeah, like, I'm, you know, I'm one and one and seven yeah. going in. Yeah, chances are I'm not obsessing over my lineup. Illegal yeah. though, because you're ruining your the rest of your leagues. Competition. Well, see, but see that that's why you have incentives like 
you know, what the person who comes in last place has to do, stuff like yeah. that. Because I, I've, I've proposed in our league, so we, we do it at a bar. We rent out the, the top floor of a bar, and I've proposed whoever comes in last place has to pay for that the following year for our draft. And I've gotten shouted down, but I'm like, that's going to prevent somebody not mm-hmm. taking care of their team. Like, there's going to be competition. You don't want to come in last place because it does screw up your entire league. Sure, liquidated So damages. to me, that's why. That's the beauty of some of these punishments that people yeah. have for finishing in last place. Yeah, I'm with you. What's your so? Have you? What's the craziest punishment you guys have ever seen as as a as a damages clause? People get tattoos. Yeah, the tattoos, the tattoos I think would be thing. miserable. Yeah. because we, the other people get to pick that. I've heard. Um, so one that I've heard that is pretty funny is the um, and, a, and a guys that you know in their fantasy league. If you're coming last place, you have to take. You have to pay for and take the SAT. <laughs> and if you don't get a minimum score, you're kicked out of the league. Oh. And I don't even know, like the SAT, they change the scales every year. So if somebody asked me, like I went to, you know, I went to college in 2000, 2003, and they're like, well, what'd you get in the SAT? And I'm like, I think I got like a 1300. They're like, well, the, sc- the scale's like 8,500. Yeah. No, like, no. what the hell did you get? Yeah. But anyway, so they got they got to get a minimum score, or they're kicked out of the league. Which I think <laughs> I just wouldn't. I, I'd, I'd, See ya. I'd let myself. See out you of the guys. <laughs> See you later. All I would right. let myself. All right. So um, we're talking. We're talking a little bit. Uh, obviously, you, it, I feel like I'm on the radio right now. So it's like we're talking with Tony Pike and Mo Egger. For those of you who's just joining us, um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, something that's very personal to Anthony Pike over here on my left. So one one of the uh, legonomics that are out there right now is the idea of a conflict of fantrist. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mo, I'm very curious about your thoughts on this one. So this was actually my wife. She is a big um, she is a big supporter of content for Legonomics. Mm-hmm. She is a big opponent of what, what we call herseys. Okay, so the pink bedazzled or, or like Taylor. <laughs> As is mine. She's my like, wife loathes She's those. like, can I just wear the damn colors of yeah. my team? Is yes. that okay? Do I have to wear pink and bedazzle it? No. She also very uh, interestingly and, and, and very poignant for Tony Pike mm-hmm. said that one of her biggest frustrations and one of the laws, unwritten laws of being a female sports fan, but I think it applies both ways, is you – you are not allowed as a fan to schedule an important life event and invite me to it on game day, ever. Yeah. Wedding, wedding shower. Mm-hmm. And I think so. Tony is about to have his nuptials. Mm-hmm. And I, your, your wedding, your wedding, yeah. your reception, right, that I'm invited yep. to, Ohio State, Michigan State. Yep. But you're not an Ohio State fan, so right. that's an exception. UC plays that Friday. Mary, right. you're good. Mary, God bless her, sweetheart. She's having is her, my birthday weekend, so see? thanks. She so Mary's having her shower on this Saturday, right? Meredith. Meredith. I'm you sorry. Call, you can call her Mary. Can I call her? You call her Mary. I have no. I, you said Mayor. Mayor. Okay. Yeah. So so she's a big actually. Is that legal? She's a big Ohio State fan, which is already a problem. Uh, but she decided to have her bridal shower Saturday. Mm-hmm. At two o'clock, but with the with the the, the assumption the basis this Saturday of the premise, at two o'clock, yeah. yeah, she's a big Ohio State yeah. fan. The prem, Mo, but Mo, the premise, and this is a little bit of discrimination, right? We want to make yeah. sure that we are, I'm a feminist at heart, right? Yeah. And so, from speaking on behalf of Danielle, my wife, she believes that because women always assume that women don't want to watch the game, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure that Meredith is probably saying, "Well, Tony's going to be gone working, perfect yeah. opportunity for us to get together and do a wedding shower." Danielle, who's probably a bigger fan than I am, she's like. To hell with this. I want yeah. to watch the game. Why yeah. are you bringing me into a shower when I want to watch the game? 
Yeah, I, I, I think now that, he's got to defend his his future wife. So be very well, careful. I, here. I think I think their thought is they'll just watch the game while they're at the bridal party. But when you get a odds group that of, happens when you get a group of a ton of females together, probably it's not not going to be happening. No it's chance. Happening. No uh, chance. Look, I as long as I'm mimosas not, and buckeyes. As long as I'm not required to be there, I don't care. Right now, if this was something that's like, hey, we got our engagement picture Saturday at two. Uh, sorry. Not right. going to happen. Right. So let me make it real for you. I had a friend, and I won't name his name because he'll be run out in the streets. He was he graduated Ohio State with me. Okay. Now I'm I'm not I don't even know what the this might be like a crosstown shootout like massive UC event analogy. Mm-hmm. But let's just use Ohio State Michigan. He was an Ohio State graduate, ostensibly an Ohio State fan. His wedding fell on Ohio State Michigan. That day, okay, oh. day of Ohio State, Michigan, yep. no TV at reception. So the first yep. question is, as a base, as a baseline oh. proposition, unwritten law, do you have to know as a fan when that's coming, and can you have your wedding there? Can, even no. and Mo, I mean, you're a married guy. Tell me the dynamics there. But also, is it an exception to the rule? If you have a TV at the reception, because my brother, he had his wedding on Ohio State USC, and he had a TV at the reception. Very controversial move. Because my dad, who I was just with last night, he was like, he's like, that's the, he was like, man, everybody, I don't want to put him on blast, but he was like, you know, everybody's watching the TV, terrible move. I'm thinking necessary move because I want to watch the game. So first question for you is, let's say as a UC fan, mm-hmm. somebody schedules their wedding literally conflicting with Matt, biggest game of the year. Thoughts in terms of legality of that as a baseline proposition? Well, there's a lot there. Um, first of all, in, 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 in regards to the TV at the wedding, everybody's going to stand around the TV and be communal, or they're going to watch it on their phones and keep to themselves. Anyway, yeah. So to me, I, I'd, I'd rather have everybody. I went to a wedding in uh, Rhode Island in 2014. Yeah, 14. Yeah, mm-hmm. 2014. And um, a lot of the folks at the wedding were really interested in the World Cup. The U.S. was playing that evening. And they put a TV in there, and I couldn't have cared less, but everybody was standing around it, having a good time, drinking, talking. Were there some people more into the game than others? Yes, but I'm going, this beats everybody right. staring at their phone. I've seen iPads at receptions. Yeah, so to me, the TV beats that. The TV is going to lend itself to some sort of gathering, communal feeling, that sort of thing. I, I think it's it, it's all in context. Like, my, my brother got married and my brother's not a sports fan at all and none of his friends appear to be sports fans at all he got married on an nfl sunday which to me i'm yeah. like uh, what are we doing it's an nfl sunday but and it's sunday not a sports fan yeah. i mean yeah. it just he, he couldn't care less about sports so it it, it 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 depends to me on the level of of fervor that the person getting married has for the team mm-hmm. and his willingness to accommodate people who are passionate sports fans so for instance my brother says to me, hey, we are going to have TVs at the bar. You can watch the NFL games. Awesome. Cool. I get it. It's not a big deal to you. Yep. You know it is right. a big deal to me. You've accommodated me. So no big deal if, they have, if they're accommodating. If they're now, big, so it's no if, big deal. if it's somebody who says, I'm a hardcore Ohio State fan. Cool. But now I'm, I'm going to have my, my wedding on the day of the OSU right. Michigan game. Correct. <laughs> Unforgivable, right? Like I'm a big UC basketball fan. You have 364 other days to get married. And, and by the way, you always know when Ohio. This is why it's even more unforgivable. Yes! You yeah. always right. know when it is. I, I can say when that game's going to be five years from Absolutely. now. Absolutely, right? No, you can't say like, oh, well, the schedule didn't come out yet. Yeah. We scheduled last year. No, you right. know exactly when yeah. that game is going to be every single year. Yeah, yeah. My thing with like the whole reception thing and have a wedding coming up. 
the only thing I want is people to enjoy themselves. People will enjoy themselves more if the TV's on and they're able to watch whatever game they're watching. I'll have 15 TVs on yeah. during my reception because if people want to sit and talk to me or listen to music, they can. If they want to watch the game, they right. can. Just have a good time and have a party. To Love me, the, the obligation is to always be mindful of your guests. Yeah. Or understand, and your wife, though. Or, what about your future wife? Well, I mean, she's got to be mindful of your guests, too. Or understand you're going to have a, a lousy wedding. You're going to have people who leave your wedding. You're going to yeah. have people who stare at their phones during your wedding. You can do it one of you two ways. That. Correct. I saw that, too. So I was at a reception where um, it was the Ohio State-Kansas Final Four game. Literally, peop- the moment that they could... They got the hell out of there because the right. game was. Still, you could still see the second half of that game. Yeah. It was at like it was some late time, and we all bolted out of there to go to a bar. Like yeah. got out of there. So nobody want. Obviously, that doesn't make any sense either. So obviously, illegal. illegal. Com- some accommodations. Let's talk about. Um, so I think we're kind of getting close to the to the final segment is here, right? I mean, how are we doing on time? Yeah, let's let Mo. Let's let Mo so be the juror. Here's here. what we're gonna do. We're going to. I say we um, each get a minute. Oh. We each get a minute to present to Mo. Your case. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. On Legonomist. Because I already know we're, we're different on this, and I'm going to crush you. Okay, so on Legonomist, <laughs> one thing that we like to do is not only explore and identify those unwritten laws of everything, today sports fan laws, but we also like to um, create – we like, like we like to figure out if – you know who's right, who's wrong, and we need to give some remedies out there. We need to have somebody actually draw a line in the sand. And right now I want to talk about seltzers. Okay, I want to talk about circumstances in which a sports fan are allowed to drink seltzers. Okay, mm-hmm. so we've all kind of seen the, uh, the the stories out there that say there are no laws with claws. Right, mm-hmm. this is becoming a big movement. Mm. Men everywhere. You go to a if you go to a pool like I was, you know, a couple pool parties yeah. this year. You would normally see Bud Light, Bud Light, Bud Light, Bud Light, Bud Light. You see, you see White Claw, White Claw, White Claw, like one Mick Ultra guy, White Claw, yep. White Claw, White Claw, White Claw. So to me, it kind of begs the question, not just the propriety of hard seltzers in general, but more importantly, as we come into these first games, mm-hmm. when I go to Paul Brown Stadium in two Sundays, if I order a White Claw or a Vive or a Bon and Viv or a Truly, is that acceptable? Is that acceptable? And this really is kind of a dude thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of dude behavior. We're going we're gonna, to, for one second, uh, we're going to – uh, sort of disclude women a little bit from this because this is more about guys. So I'll go. I'm going to be in favor of this, and at the oh. end of it, we're going to let Mo weigh in and be the final yeah. voice. Go ahead, and and he make the ultimate call. I'm starting the clock. You have one minute. Okay. So my, here's my argument on behalf. I'm going to go in favor of being able to drink uh, any type of hard seltzer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So first of all, we can't we can't even start by saying a, a specific type of seltzer, but. When you go to a game, okay, you're, you're A, not just trying to enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. B, you're trying to support your squad, okay? Right. Now, there's different times during the day when you want to drink heavily during a sporting event, before right. and during and potentially after. Right. I think before, we can, all, we can both concede that before, no issues. All bets are off. You're bringing your own beers. You're bringing your own claws. No big deal. Right. Starting off light, you're going to ascend towards the game. Mm-hmm. My esteemed colleague here, opposing counsel, is going to thirty ta- seconds. He's going to tell you that once you're through those pearly gates, it's game time. I'll tell you the exact opposite, and here's mm-hmm. why: beer has a lot of calories. <laughs> it takes it takes it dehydrates you and it makes you very tired. Mm. Yeah. All three things that make you reckless, make you likely to jump on the field and do something stupid, mm-hmm. and they make you sleepy. They stopped selling alcohol in the third quarter at the Bengals seconds. game. 
What I want to do is I want to hydrate. I want to be light on my feet. I want to get tweaked. I want to have a good time, but right. I want to stay juiced up and I want to ascend towards the end of the game. Can't do that with beer. Can't do that with margaritas. You can only do that with claws. And by the way, Vive has the official sponsored uh, Bengals uh, <laughs> blood orange true. situation, That's true. which makes it a fan drink. I'm going to keep it very simple. I like to enjoy tailgates, and I like, before I get into the game, to already be feeling really good. Yeah. Because I'm not one that's going to spend $200 on White Claws at a game. Right. Premium price. You're paying more for this stuff. My whole thing, odds are I'm not just lightly drinking before a game. Right. I'm probably doing a couple shots. Mm -hmm. I'm probably on some vodka or bourbon or something like that. Skinny shine. Good man. So when I get into the game, I've probably already had moonshine. Right. I'm more interested in the game and, and kind of focusing in on that. To do that, Bud Light, Miller Light, Mick Ultra is going to get me there. I can enjoy it for 8 or $9 at a game. Mm-hmm. And I can go to the bathroom and look in the mirror when I'm washing my hands and know that I'm still a man. <laughs> and I'm not drinking these little drinks that you see drank at the pool. This is the fall. This is going into the winter. We are men. Mm-hmm. We drink beer. Not seltzers. I get, two, I get 10 seconds for rebuttal. Anytime you go first, you okay. get a quick rebuttal. I don't need a rebuttal. Your Honor, all I'm going to tell you, okay? Mm-hmm. Think about this when you go and, and, and deliberate. Yeah. 5% alcohol, 100 calories. How many of those... Do I look like somebody who pays a lot of attention five, to reading five, the labels five, on my beers uh, to find out how many your your honor, calories? Your Honor, $10, $10 per drink. This has been more than 10 seconds. $10 per drink. One's five percent alcohol. One is three percent alcohol. Do the math. All right. Well, so here's my thing on on the the white claws. W- would they have? I don't know if stigma is the right word because I see everybody drinking them. If if the can was normally shaped, would it be that big of a deal? Mm. Like if it was in a, a a a can that you could drink a Bud Light in a typical twelve ounce yeah. beer can. I, I think what kills the perception of the white claw is the can shape, right? Yep. It is kind of girly, mm. skinny. Yep. This is what they put Michelob Ultra in, which is geared towards... Skinny. Women. Skinny. So, I never... I'm a beer guy. You know that. Uh, White Claws are fine. I've, I've had them at the pool. Whatever. But I don't and? want my drink to be a conversation piece. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Ooh. I don't want my drink to be a conversation piece. If I'm drinking a White Claw at a football game, inevitably, yep. it's a conversation piece. If I'm holding it a, a domestic American beer, guess what nobody's going to say to me? What are you doing? Hey, what beer. What are you drinking? What's your favorite flavor? <laughs> right. It's, oh. oh, how about that game? Right. Can it, you let the man speak? So for me, I'm not there to talk about what I'm drinking. There are a lot of places I go, I'll talk about alcohol more than I'll talk about sports. I went to a bourbon tasting on Saturday. I can sit there and talk talk about bourbon all afternoon. Fantastic. But uh, I don't want my drink to be a conversation piece. If I walk down the aisle, if I've just gone to the bathroom, got something to drink, and I walk down and i got to get to my seat midway through the aisle and I pass you and I'm holding a White Claw, it's, oh, White Claw. Yeah. Oh, I like the mango. <laughs> oh, have you mixed it with this? Oh, hey, have you tried this seltzer? If I walk down the aisle and I'm holding a Bud Light, you know what you're not going to say to me? Oh, Bud Light, huh? Yeah. So Interesting choice. My verdict is beer. Wow. I'm at a football Thank game. You. There are certain things that are geared towards certain beverages, right? Like the, the, To me, there are. There, there just are. And uh, you wouldn't drink wine at a football game. And I'm not anti-wine. I, I, I love bourbon. I'm not sure yeah. that I'm going to go get a bourbon at a football game. I'm drinking a beer. So for, for many phenomenal reasons, none of which, by the way, brought up by Tony Pike, Mo says no seltzers yep. at football games 
there you have it. That's it. So That's an episode. with that, with that, I'll uh, I'll just say thank you to uh, Mo Egger and of Tony course. Pike who are uh, helping me identify the unwritten laws of everything today. We talk sports, fans, a lot of fun. Next week, I think we're hopefully talking about drink other types of drinking laws, we'll bar to, ethics. We'll have to get Might uh, have to get on, Mo on the line on for that one as well. as well. If uh, if 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 uh, the Bearcats win on Saturday, I'll have a lot of thoughts on drinking yeah. on Saturday night. Amen. I'll be in jail. We look out for that. So happy fanning and have a good opening football week. This emptiness in my heart Too old to be wild and free still Too young to be